To help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Tzadik Ches. We left off on Daf Tzadik Ches, Amid Aleph, four lines from the top of the Amid. The Gemara here is going to share four unique dinim, chidushim, taught by Rabbah when it comes to the laws of damages. Beginning with the first. Amar Rabbah says Rabbah, Hazorek Madbeya Shal Chaveira Liyam Hagadol, if one causes someone's coin to fall into the Mediterranean Sea, Potter, the one who caused for that to happen, is exempt. And let's read Rashi inside, ten lines from the top of the Amid. Rashi, Divri Hamaschol, Potter, as the Gemara will explain, that since we're speaking about a case, that the one who caused for the coin to fall into the sea is not someone who grabbed the coin, had he grabbed the coin, then he's a goslin. And the rule of a goslin is, as we are learning in our sugya, that he has to return the item. If he can't return it, then he has to compensate ke'en, kishas hagzelam. But over here, as Rashi says, the person did not take the coin. Hello, what are we speaking about? The adyo that he knocked it out of the hand of the owner. That Jehoisa begat Bailim, it wasn't the hands of the owner. And vihikoze tachas yodoi. And this person came along and knocked him under his hand. The nitsa layam, and the coin went flying into the sea. And we're speaking about a case that the waters were clear, continues Rashi. Since the waters are clear and the owner can see his coin, so the coin is not considered lost. The and Amar lay, and therefore this person can tell the owner, the coin is laying in front of you. The Eina Avud, and it's not lost. I. Now the owner is going to have to pay someone, pay a diver, parenthetically, a diver is called Amoira. In other words, the words Amoira, the word Amoira, that literally means a Miturgaman, those who translated the Mishnah, is also, has also the meaning of a diver, because we are diving into the sea of Talmudai, of the Torah Shabal Peh, Mishnais and Braises to explain it. So even though this person is going to have to pay a diver Lamesha to go swim, and to get it, so there is now going to be a time and effort loss. Ah, that Gromohu, that's considered a causative damage. And the Danish Goyrim Lahafsidoi, Oisai Schar, that he's going to have to pay someone to go get it, and the Grama bin Zakan Pater. And this will be the key to understanding all of the four Dinam of Rabbah, that they are all going to fall into the category of some sort of causative damage. And the rule is that in as much as one should not do it, and as we learned continuously, meaning that if a person wants to make it, if a person wants to reconnect himself properly to Hashem, this will be a blockage and it has to be resolved. But Adam in a human court and a basin, a basin cannot force someone to make compensation when the damage is not direct and immediate, but when the damage falls into the category of grama. So let's go back into the Gemara. So my Tamo, right fifth line from the top, but we, we learned all this out on Rashi because the one who caused for the coin to get lost tells the owner that that the coin is laying in front of you. And if you want, go get it. 
And the Gemara says, Vahanimini, that's only correct if the waters are tzalulin. When the waters are clear, the kochazile, you can see it. Avalachudin, but if they are murky, the loikochazile, that you cannot see it. So it's not pshad that go get a diver to look for it. Who says the diver is going to find it? The moment the owner cannot see it, it's considered lost. You cause that to happen, you have to pay. Loi. And Vahanimili, and again, another detail. Another qualification, Tarabah's law, that is only when the adiyeh aduyeh, when the person who caused this damage knocked the coin out of the hand of the owner, Abul Shakle Biyade, but if he would have taken it, the moment he would seize or take the coin, Migzal Gazle, he's considered a Gazlin, and the moment he's a Gazlin, Hashababoyimaeva, he has to return it. You can't give excuses, it's not about grama. You stole it, either give it back or give back whatever it was worth, Kishas Agzela. But in this case, as we learned out in Rashi, it's in the category of causative damages. Masiv Rava, so Rava challenges Rava from the following Brais. The Brais is teaching us that when a person wants to redeem the sanctity of Maiser Sheni on coins that this person now will take to Yerushalayim, the coins have to be in your Rishus. Which means, if a person has coins, and he knows where they are, and they are in his property, but they are in a place, Rashi says, called Kistara, or in a place called Haramelech, Turmalka, these were areas that at that time, if one was in any other place in Eretz Yisrael, it would be dangerous to go there and to get it. In other words, it's difficult to get it. Or if his money fell into the Mediterranean. And even in a case where he can see his wallet. But it's difficult to get it, says the Braisa, Ein Mechalolin, you are not allowed to redeem my Sesheni on that money because it's considered halachically not in your Rishus. Which would mean it's considered lost. So he's challenging Rabba. If something is not retrievable, it's considered lost. In other words, not, retrieva- not retrievable with ease. If you have to invest time and effort, it's considered lost. Answers Rabba to Rabba. No. Shiny Ling and Maiser. By Maiser, there's a different criterion. There, the Be'inun Matsu Biyotcha. It has to be. Easily accessible to your hand. Because the Pasik that we just read yesterday in Parsha Sra'i, when it says, that you have to bind the money, ah, if it's in the sea, it's not biyadcha and veleka. But that's a unique rule for Maestro Sheni. However, when it comes to general damages, we will say, Rabbi is insisting, that as long as you can see it, it's not lost. I, again, you have to pay someone to go retrieve it. Okay, that's take a causative loss. That's a causative damage. And Grama bin Azakin Patir. So that was din number one. Hazoidek Madbeya Shal Din number two. Va'amar Hashof Madbeya Shal If a person effaces, in other words, if a person hammers out the image that is protruding from their coinage and as we speak out continuously that the coins that they had in the times of Chazal had inherent value it was not a US dollar bill it was a silver coin or a copper coin or sometimes golden coins and there were images from the king or from the government that authenticated it was like a certificate and you know that if it had that image that the coin indeed has that value because it has that weight 
And if a person were to hammer in that image, so that's equivalent to today you have by the jewelry, you buy diamonds, so you have certificates that authenticate the type of diamond, you know, the, the number, the letter, the quality, and therefore everyone knows the market value. Now if a person loses today their certificate, their diamond is not worth less. But they'll have to go through the time and the effort and maybe pay someone money to test it again to give you a new certificate. So here, if the person effaced someone else's coin, they are exempt to pay. Why? Again, for the same logic. My time explains it. Because the person did not take away any silver. Yes, you took away their certificate. A person won't know whether this coin indeed has that weight of their seller. Or, or, or of any other name that they gave to their coins. But it has it. Hanimili again qualifies the Gemara, the Machie Bikurnas. That's only if he hammered out or hammered in the image with a hammer. However, and Vitarshe, and he smoothed it. In other words, none of the silver went missing. Aval Shaifa Bishufina. But if the person filed it down, so then Chasuri Chasri, then some of the silver is missing. That is Mamish, direct damage. Again, Masiv Rabba. Rava's challenging uh, his teacher, Rabba. We learned in Abraisa, he go, al enoi visima, if a master hit his Ebed Kanani on his eye and he caused him to become blind, or Allah's if the master hit the Ebed on the ear of a Cheshoy and he made him deaf. And as we learned, and even though the Torah specifies Shein Va'ayin, it's not only Shein Va'ayin, but if the master is going to damage in a irreversible Way, any one of the chav dalid roshay evarim, the ten fingers, the ten toes, the two, the eyes, the ears, the nose, and the and the amal. So then it's going to be that the evet goes out to be free. Now the question will be from this part of the brice. In other words, here the evet did not lose the eye. He only hit him on the eye, and the eye doesn't function. He hit him on the ear, and the ear doesn't function. Nevertheless, even though that the physical item is considered, is complete, it's considered damaged. So the question will be, by the same thing by the coin, even if the coin is there, the silver is there, but it's damaged, and just like here, the Ebed goes lecheros, the person should be chayv to pay for the coin. Let's just finish the b'raiso. However, it says the b'raiso, and as we learned this recently, that if the master hit the wall right near the Ebed, and from the Evid being startled, and all of a sudden him hearing that noise, somehow he became blind, or connected to Oznei ve'enishemeya. So the din over there is, ain Evid as we learned before, because the Evid, even though we don't blame the victim, but in this case we say that the Evid should not have focused that much on his fright, which is why Hitake became blind or deaf. He should have been more easygoing. The Iyuhu the Avasanafshe. Be that as it may, from the ratio of the Braisa, we see that when some thing is not functioning, it's considered broken. So here also, the coin doesn't function, it's considered broken. Answers the Gemara of That don't tell me that the physical evidence did not change. The very fact that he's blind or deaf means that there was a real change that happened in the Evit. The Amaraba, Aviv. It says in the Torah that Omake, Aviv, Imai, God forbid, Maishimas. It's a capital sin to 
inflict a injury on one's father or on one's mother. An injury means the movement of blood. As we just learned, it doesn't mean that the blood has to actually leave the body, but if the child, God forbid, causes for blood to move even internally, if there was a movement of blood, then that's a capital crime. So Rabbi says that if a child made his father deaf, the child is put to death. Why? Because she eats a person, you cannot one will not become deaf without a wound meaning the tips of the dama that there was a drop of blood that moved in the ear and therefore you can compare that case to the case of a coin whereby the coin nothing there's no movement of blood so to say it is fully complete you cause the owner the damage that he has to get another person to certify that the coin has indeed the weight that everyone would have known that it had before he effaced the image of the king. Then number three, the Amarabah. Also going to the concept of causative damages, your potter. That Hatsoidim Oizen if a person nicked the ear of one's fellow's cow, in other words, nicking of the ear is something that does not diminish the cow's value, was worth $100, it's still worth $100. However, if a person would want to offer this cow on the Mizbeach, it's considered the blemish. So now, first of all, the owner might not even want to be Magdashit. But even if he'll want to be Magdashit, he has to go through the time and the effort of selling this cow. He'll get the full price. And with the money buying a cow just like it, and that cow won't have the ear nicked, and he'll be able to offer it. So what he caused was a time and an effort investment of the owner, which doesn't happen directly when you nick it, so it's again in the category of Gramon. My Tama, Parak, the Kaima Kaima. The Pada has the same value. The Loi Ava, the Loi Midi, you did not do something that diminished its financial value. And the Kulush, Varam Lavagavam is Kaimi. And also, you can't say that all animals are by default going to be offered on the Mizbeach. So Aleph, he might not want to offer it. And even if he'll want to, he can sell this one and get another one. And again, Masiv Rabba, Rabba challenges Rabba from the following price. That from when the Mayim Chaim are drawn, in order for them to be sanctified by having the ashes of the burned Pada Adoma put on it, once the ashes are put on the water, we call that mechatas or meinida, then if even if someone used that water for their own personal things, for example, a person wanted to weigh a piece of meat, and the person had a pitcher that was filled with the meinida, and you know that the pitcher with the water, let's say, weighs a pound, so you have it on those weights where you put the pitcher on one side, and now you know exactly when it levels out, you have a pound of meat, no one is advocating people doing that. But once the waters are already sanctified, doing malacha with it will not disqualify it. However, before the waters were sanctified, from when they were drawn, up until when ashers are put in it, there there's a rule that if anyone does malacha with the water, the water becomes disqualified. And by the way, there are, it, it even means that if while the person is carrying the water, walking, the person is doing other work, that's also going to be a disqualification to the water. So if one did that, or if a person worked with the red heifer itself, you know, the red heifer has that tremendous value, right? Like the story in Kedushin. And here came along an outsider, and, he, and, and the person made the cow work. The Torah says, Asher loy Allah oil. 
So you did a hezek that's not discernible. So in both of these cases, says the Braisa, Potter Medin Ayodam, but Vachai Bidin Period. Says the Gemara, let's infer Melacho who The example that the Braisa gave was when one did a type of work that does not change absolutely the water or the cow. And that's why, seemingly, the person is going to be exempt. Avul soidim. But what would be in a case where one does something to the cow that is discernible? Like the case of Rabba, where you nick the ear. Because if even here you would be potter, the Braiser should have given a greater example, a better example. So they answered, no, that's not a proof. Really, Huadin, Rabba's right. And really, Afilud soidim is also going to be potter. Because yes, as we spoke out, this animal is no longer fit to be offered as a carbon, but you can sell this and buy another one. Time and effort is only a causative damage for which you're putting it in the other. I, why didn't the tell you a bigger chiddush? Says the Gemara did. Because the Braisa is not only telling you that you're putting it in the other. The Braisa is telling you that you're high within a Shemayim. And for the Chayv B'dina Shamayim, the greater Chiddush is, is that even though there is no discernible damage, you're still Chayv B'dina Shamayim. So we had, again, Zoyrek Matbeah. We had the Hashof Matbeah. Zoyrem Oznoi Shal Parachaveroi. And now the fourth Chiddush of Rabbah. Ve'omar Rabbah. Ha'soyrev Shtorei Shal Chaveroi. If a person had a loan document, for example. In other words, I had a document through which I will be able to collect a debt. And someone came ahead and he burnt my document. Now I lost my proof. So again, Pater, the burner, is exempt. Why? The Amar Leh, because he tells the owner that I burned paper. Now, for the paper, by the way, he has to pay. But the key is that he doesn't have to pay for the loss that this will cause by the fact that now the owner of the document doesn't have proof that money is owed to him. So says the Gemara Mask, hold on a second. Practically, why did we need the din of Rabbo? Hey, Chidomi, what, what are we speaking about? We're turning to Da'af, Tzadik, Ches, Amid Beis. If we still have witnesses that testify to, for our example, that there is a loan, so then there is actually no real damage. Nothing was really lost there. The witnesses will testify and a new document will be written. Why is the owner of the document shouting and based in, you caused me damage? Because the lekasada, because there are no witnesses. Now, if there are no witnesses, even without Rabbah's Chiddush, that since this is called Grama, you're going to be Pater, Anan Mino Yadinon. You know, how do we even know? Well, a person is saying, you burn a, you burnt a loan document. And, and it was written that Chaim Yankel owed me $1,000. Maybe it wasn't a loan document. And even if it was a loan document, maybe Chaim Yankel owes me $1. How do you know the damage that is being caused? And who needs the Ptura of Rabbah? So here, instead of Rava challenging, here Rava's answering. So Rava says, no, no, no. Did my Rebbe Rabba needed to teach us then in a case where we're going to learn the Yam Shal Shleimah's version in Rashi. So look in the second top line. And I'm reading it again. Look in the Mesodah Sashas that we're speaking about a case where the burner believes the loan 
owner, the document owner. He believes the lender. The lender is shouting, it said that Chaim Yankel owes me a thousand dollars. And the burner says, oh, I believe you. But the burner doesn't know if he's Chaif to pay just because he burnt it. So even in a case where the burner believes him, there you need to have Rabbah telling you a Chiddush, that Taka we believe him. However, he's exempt Medina Yadam because of this concept of only causative damages. Oh. Says the Gemara, Omar Abdimi Barchanino, I want you to know that the that this din of Rabban is really Machlekes Rabshem of Rabban, and this will be dependent and connected to the Machlekes of Rabshem and Rabbanan that we learn together that hey, even though when the Torah speaks about my ox damaging or me damaging an ox, these din are only when it is Shoir Re'eu and not Shoir Shal Hegdish. Which Luchura should mean, let's speak about the case of a Ganev, that if a person steals a object that belongs to Hegdish, he has to return it. But the Dinim of Kefal, or Dalad Vehei, if the Ganev on top of is stealing, Nach goes ahead and he slaughters it or sells it. And we know the rule that this does not apply to a ox that belongs to Hegdish. Nevertheless, we had the Mishnah in which Rav Shimon said the following, that if a person made a Neder, not an Adav, if a person didn't say this animal is Hegdish, the person began by saying, I'm taking upon myself to bring an animal, let's say, for a shlaman. The person made a vow. And then the person bought an animal. And the din there would be that if anything happens to the animal before it's offered, even if it's a freak accident, the owner, the one who made the nether, has to replace it because he took upon himself a vow to bring a carbon shlaman. Ah, so here says Rab Shimon, if a person who made a nether, who already designated an animal, the animal already is hegdish. But if now a ganav steals that animal, said Rab Shimon, that the ganav does have to pay kefil. Or if the ganav went and he sold it, or slaughtered it, he will have to pay dalot vehei. I, shoy re'eyu, and not shoy shal hegdish, says Rab Shimon the rule, that being that if this animal disappeared, which it did, the owner has to replace it, by the fact that the animal did not disappear, even though it already belongs to Hegdish, it's allowing for the owner not to undergo an additional money expenditure. In other words, it's considered the owner's enough because it's allowing him not to have to buy another one for it to be still considered the owner's ox. And therefore, in the case of theft, for example, in Abshimon holds, the Ganif has to pay the kefal and the dalad vehei. So now let's use this, use this same logic to the document. This document is allowing, if I'm the holder, to collect from Chaim Yankel the thousand dollars. Now that the burner burnt it, he caused for me to undergo a loss of a thousand dollars. So according to Rav Shimon who holds it's not considered causative damages, it's considered a thousand dollars. It's a direct damage. And therefore, he's suggesting that Rabba's din is only according to the Rabbanan. Let's read it inside. That in the case of the burner, we should not say what Rabba said, but we should say that the burner should have to pay to the loan owner the value that's written in the document. And as the Gemara spoke out, yeah, if he says, I don't believe you, that's another whole challenge. But in a case where the burner believes that this was indeed the value, he has to pay up that value. However, only the Rabbanan, the Amri, the first wide line, that Dovar Hagerim Lamamin, Lavke Mamin Dami, that is where you say, Lamachayev. 
And that is what Rav Dimi is suggesting. So says the Gemara, Maskev Lord Afuna, Bereid Rabbi Yeshua to Rav Dimi. Eima the Shomat Leil Rav Shimon, where does Rav Shimon hold? That since in the case of Hegdish, that Dover Hagerim Lomomain is Takar considered Momain, that's only Bedover Sheikari Momain, that's only in the case of the ox, or in other examples where the item in discussion is inherently valuable. There is an inherent value. And that's not the case of the star. True, it's goyrem lamamayim. But since the document in itself has no inherent value, argues even Abshimon will be maidam, that the burner did not do direct damage. And therefore, Rabba's din will be according to everyone. And Kidarabba, the Amarabba. And he's going to substantiate this differentiation by that which Rabba said himself. That Rabba said the following that Gazal Chomets Lifne Pesach. Look at this case. A Ganef steals someone's Chomets before Pesach. Terrible thing, a Ganef. Now, a third party mixes in over here. And he burns that chametz during the Mayyad. Rashi says, during the Mayyad doesn't only mean during Pesach. It already be, it means from Erev Pesach, Midoyeraisa, from the sixth hours onwards. From that time during Yontiv, a third party sees chametz. He says, oi, chametz on Pesach by a Jew. The Jew happens to be Aganif, but one thing has nothing to do with the other. He burns it. So Rabbi says, if he burnt it, the Mayyad is potter. Why? Shahakoyal mitzuvim all of Levaroi. Everyone, beautiful, call Yisrael Everyone is obligated to make sure that every Jew's chametz is being uh, destroyed. However, but if a third party sees the chametz in the possession of the robber, now being that it was under the robber's possession during Pesach, so we know the din that chametz shaavar all of a Pesach is something from which one cannot even derive benefit from. However, the lav of bal yira bal no longer exists. So if a person then burnt it, so what's the question over here? On one hand, you can argue, since it's chametz shavar all of pesach, which no one can benefit from, so halachically there is no value to it. So therefore, this burner damaged nothing, and therefore he owes no one anything. On the other hand, Rabbah says, hold on, since we learned in the Mishnah that hezek she'en nikir, the way we'll see in a moment, is not called hezek. And if the Ganav does tshuva, and he's going to return that which he stole, he gets away by returning this chametz, even though the owner now cannot use it. But the chametz itself will help the robber fulfill the obligation of giving back the principal. And Abshimon says, Meaning, now that it's burnt, the robber doesn't have this chametz to return. Ah, so according to Abshimon, says Rabba, the burner is going to be high to pay to the robber. Lit up Shimon, all this is Rabbi saying, because now the robber can no longer use this chametz to fulfill his obligation of returning that which he stole. is not mamain. Halacha says it's asr it has no value, belongs to no one, so then it's going to be potter. So all of this, in other words, what the Gemara is saying, that I agree that you can stretch, that you can expand, and apply the machloikas, Rab Shimon and Abbanan, that they have by the animal of Hegdish, to many other dinim. But it has to be similar enough to the case of Hegdish. And the key, the criterion is, 
is that the item in question has inherent value. But the davar she'en yikari mamain, like a loan document, mi'amrinan. Okay, so now we have Rabba's din that is backed up, even according to Rav Shimon, the burner is not going to be chayev. So says the Gemara, Amar HaMeimar. And now we're opening up a concept that we mentioned in brief beforehand. We're going to learn this in greater detail, God willing, soon on Daf Kuf. And we're going to learn this Gemara the way the Rif learns the Gemara. That Amemer's statement is not only going on the final and the last case of one who burnt a document, but really Amemer is going to make an opinion on all of the four dinim we learned today from Rabbah, that you should know. Man de do'in dino de garmi. The opinion that holds that by garmi one does have to pay the dinay adam, magbi bey He's giving the example of the case of burning a document that you'll have to return the money itself. So, one, two, three. Number one, important to remember that we have a machloikis amongst the rishonim whether garmi and grama are the same or whether they're not. We're going to follow Shitas Rashi that generally says that garmi which basically means grama. And therefore, even though we're learning mamish the whole bavakama, that grama bin izakin is patr, patr but now we're learning that there is one tana, and we'll see on daf kuf that the tana is Rebbe Meir, and we follow this opinion even lahalachem, that holds that garmi or chayef, even if it's not mamish direct and immediate, if you caused it, then you are chayef to pay. And therefore, this is one approach that Rashi says that garmi and grama are the same, even though, even Lashitas Rashi, there are still, there is a subtle difference, and it's all going to contingent on this concept. Direct and immediate is called hezek. Whenever it's a little bit less direct or and a little bit less immediate, it's called garmi. And perhaps if it's even further away, then it's called grama. Now it happens to be that most of the Rishonim don't accept Rashi's approach. And they hold that garmi and grama are two different things. Even Rameir will hold that grama bin Azakin is potter. But again, garmi, and we're going to now, to get a better insight in garmi, especially according to the Rif, that says that Rameir's statement goes on all four dinam of Rabbah. So this will be a great definition of garmi. So both in the case of throwing a, a coin into the sea. Don't forget, again, he didn't take it in his hands, but he knocked the coin into the sea. And right now the coin is not available. To get the coin you have to pay a diver. Or when you efface a, sto- a-, a coin. So right away no one knows the value or the weight of the stone. Or when you nick the ear of a cow. Right now it's not good legabe mizbeach. Or you burn a-, a loan document. It's very direct. Even though again the loan document doesn't have any inherent value. But Ameymar says that according to the opinions which will be Rav Meir that rules that by garmi you are high if to pay for the damages. So here the burner, and again according to the diff, and the one who knocked the stone, and the one who effaced the stone, and the one who nicked the ear of the cow, will be high if to pay. However, Amemir is saying, yeah, Rabba doesn't hold that way. Uman magbebe He agrees, no Rab Shemin, no Rabbanan, according to everyone, if you don't paskin that when you cause a damage in the class of garmi, you're going to be potter. If you talk a potter, then you don't have to pay. Says the Gemara story, have a uvda 
This is a very interesting story, and the Gemara is covering more than revealing, but it appears the following, that when Rav Ashi was a minor, Rav Ashi caused a fire to burn someone's document. Now, there are two things in play here. Number one, we just learned over here that if you're not doing Dina de Garmi, burning a document, you put them in Dina Yodam. Now, there's no doubt that Ravashi wanted to be Potter Medina Shomayim as well. However, again, if you pass Kandina de Garmi, then you are Chayv Medina Yodam. However, the story of Ravashi happened when Ravashi was a minor. And when we learned on that, I think it was Pei Zion, the Mishnah, that was speaking about that cotton, and Chayrishayt of a cotton, and even though the Mishnah also spoke about an evident Isha, the Mishnah there, the way we learned the Gemara, the Mishnah and Rashi, evident Isha, exactly pays Zion hold that your Chayiv, that means if, if a woman damages someone or something, she's obligated to pay, but when she's married, at least in those days, most women had no money. So they didn't pay because technically they don't have money. But the way we learn in the Mishnah is that they're really not obligated to pay. Meaning that if this minor gets older, when he gets older, he still doesn't have to pay. But that's me'ikr adin. But even though the minor is not obligated to pay, he should pay. And therefore, Ravashi, who it appears, again, he burned someone's loan document when he was a minor. So the burning itself is not something that you can demand if you're not doing dinner de garmi. The fact that he did it when he's a minor, according to everyone, you cannot oblige him to pay when he becomes an adult. Nevertheless, the word kafye doesn't mean that he forced him. Halachically, it means he pressured him. Rafram pressured Ravashi that he should pay for the damages. And Ravashi paid for the damages. And you know how he paid it? He paid it by giving his idiots, which is the rule of how you pay damages. And the expression used in the Gemara is va'agbi bei ki keshuro letzalmah. You know, wood has many functions. Wood can be used for building. When you need a beam, you can use a piece of wood. But the quality of the wood has to be at its greatest when you are engraving something on wood. There you want the wood to be mamish the best. So the expression here of Rav Ashi paying with his best properties is that just like the wood that's used for engravements are your best wood, Rav Ashi gave his best belongings to pay for something beyond the letter of the law. Again, coming from the fact that when he was a minor, he caused someone's loan document to get burned. Oh, continuing here, that Tzadik Chesam based by the two dots, Chameitz, V'Ovar Olava Pesach, Right, we had the Mishnah. The Mishnah t- is teaching us the din that we are calling Hezek She'enoi Nikar Loishmei Hezek. Even though Chametz that was under the ownership of a Jew over Pesach is no longer uh, usable for anything. It's Asr Bahana. But being that the physical Chametz is here, if a person stole it and he wants to fulfill his obligation of a Heshev Esakzela, Asher Gazal, he can give it back. And Oymar Loi, he tells the owner, That is what it says in our mission. Says the Gemara Mantano Oymrim Bisurayano, comes along and he's suggesting that Hezek She'en and Nikir is really a Machlaikas Tanoim. That's Rab And therefore, our Mishnah is not according to everyone. More than that, according to Rab the opinion of Hezek She'en and Nikar, Loishmei Hezek is Adas Yachid. And the Chachamim actually argue with him. Amar Rab it's only Rab Yaakov. The Tanya. And what's this proof that this is a Machlekes Tanoim? The Tanya we learned in Abraisa. Shor Shehemis, if an ox killed a person. The din will be that if the ox is taken to a base din and tried and found guilty, the ox will be condemned to be stoned. 
the moment we have this ruling in the Beisdin, the ox is Asur Bahana. And we learned a lot about this earlier in the Masechta. Even if the ox was not stoned, even if the ox was slaughtered after the Gemar Din, you can't have any benefit. Oh, so actually, Nigmar Dino, he says that I saw before the Beisdin ruled that the ox has to be stoned. Mechari Machar, if the owner sold it, the sale is a sale. Now what's going to happen with the buyer? We learned that before. Perhaps it's a machlekes tanoim. Whether Beisdin then can try the ox. Maybe yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not under the same ownership. But in any event, the sale is a sale because he sold him something before it was condemned by a Beisdin to be stoned. Likewise, Hegdishoi Mugdash. Shchatoi, if he shechted it before the Gbardin, then Psari Mutan, you can eat it. Likewise, if the person was a guardian and while he was guarding the ox, the ox killed another person. And now the Shaimir wants to return that which he's guarding and he returned it before the Gmardin. Gut, However, continues the Braisa, but Mishin Igmardinai, but once based in Paskin that Hashel Yisakel, Mokharai Enomachar. If the owner now, he sells it to someone else, it's not a sale. Higdishai Enomugdash, Shkhatai Psari Asur. And if Hechzirai Shaymer Lubaalov says the Tanakama, which is Dasarabim Chachamim, Enomugzar. Aha, understands that Abchizda, why? Why Enomugzar? I, you're giving it back. Because Hezek, She'ena Nikar is still called a Hezek. The fact that Halacha Paskin, the ox has to be put to death, the ox has no value. And we are comparing the din of a Shemit returning something to its owner, and a Ganif, a Gazlan, has, having to return that which he stole. So L'Chachamim, Hezek She'ena Nikar, is Hezek, according to Rabbi Chizda. Rabbi Yaakov is the one that says, And again, my love suggests Rab Chizda, that Rabbi Yaakov holds that even when something is already ushered, even for Hanna'a, nevertheless, if it's physically here, you can tell the owner, and that's our Mishnah, but that's only Rabbi Yaakov. The Rabbanan are the ones that hold, comes along Rabban, he tells Rab Chizda, no, you're making a mistake. The Kula Alma, everyone holds Bisuri Hanoa that Hadeshul Khalafanakam. Everyone holds Hezik Sha'inikir is not called Hezik in this din of one being allowed to return it, a Shaymer to the owner, a Gazlin to the owner. The Horaya says Rabba the Imke Niflugubhamitz Bepesach. In our Mishnah Rebbe did not quote Machlaikis. Yes, in the Braisa there's a Machlekes by a Shomer, it has nothing to do with a Hezek She'en and Nikr, if it's a Hezek or not. Elo Marama, Hachi in the Braisa, Begoyimnim Dinoi Shoshar Shaloi Befan of Kamifligi. The argument has to do with a whole different question, which is that when an ox killed a person, and the ox has to be tried, does the ox have to be present in court? How much do we compare the dinim of judging an ox to the dinim of judging a person? Now, if the ox needs to be in court. In other words, you can't rule against the ox, shaloi in front of the ox, then there's a whole other issue coming to play. As the Gemara beautifully speaks out, that that you cannot rule against the ox if the ox would not be present. 
And therefore, the owner of the ox, when he gave it to a shamer, and under the guardianship of the shamer, the ox killed another person. The owner of the ox has a big kind against the shamer, which is, the Amalei tells him, Had you returned the ox to me, I know the ox killed someone. Okay? But nevertheless, my ox would never have become Asr Mahana. Because Hava Ma'aritna Layl Agama, I would have driven my ox to the swamp. Bazdin never would have found it, and therefore I would keep my ox. You, the Yadayim, by you giving the ox over to Bazdin, that's an act of damage. It's not about the Hezek She'en Nikr that the ox is a killing ox. Hashta Mesarte Biyadman, now you gave it over in the hands of whom? I cannot go against the Bazdin. So you caused damage by giving it. To Beisden, that's an act that you did. That's why the Chachamim say that La'achar Shenigmar Dinoi, he's chayif. Rabbi Yaakov holds, no, that Goyim Nem Dinoi Shol Shor Shalei B'fanav. And therefore, the Amar Lei, the owner, the, the Shoymer tells the owner, what do you want from me? Listen, everyone holds, Hezek She'en Enikir, Loish Mehezek. So, that, I'm allowed to give it back to you. What's your taina? That why did I allow Beisden to have a ruling against the ox? Well, I couldn't have stopped that. My avdilei, safe, safe. Have a gomer leibin shleibefanov. Okay, so now you have a machlekes between Rabba and Abchizda whether Rabbi Yaakov and the Chachamim argue when it comes to hezek she'ein nikr. According to Abchizda, just like they argue in the case of the Braisa, Abchizda holds. They also would argue in the case of our Mishnah. And according to Abchizda, the Chachamim will hold that the Gazlan cannot tell the owner after Pesach. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Bar Shmuel evidently knew all the prices by heart. So Rabbi Chizda found him and he told him, I'm having this disagreement with Rabbi. Help me out. Rabbi Chizda asks, Rabbi Bar Shmuel, Is there that can substantiate what I said? So Rabbi Bar Shmuel says, There actually is. The only problem is, the problem for Rab Chizda is that the Braisa that Rabbi Barshmol will teach, Beferish says against Rab Chizda. Tanina says, Veheshu Vasakzelo. A Braisa quotes the Pasik in Parshas Vayikra that the robber has to return that which he robbed. Asher Gazal. Why did the Torah repeat its repetitive words, extra words that, that he stole? So says the Braisa, Yachzar Kein Shegazal. That if it has the same form, he can return it. Imagine. Meaning, Mikan, Amru, Gazel, Madbeav, and Nifsel. If a person stole a coin and the coin became disqualified, as we learned before, the government said, this coinage, this king is out. Or, Pedis, Virkivo, fruits that rotted. Ooh, this is even more than the Mishnah. And the Gemara is going to address this in a moment. Or, wine and it became vinegar. And Truma became Tomei. Oh, that's already the normal case of Hezek, She'en, and Nikid. Or, Chametz, Va'avra'ol, Va'pesach. Or, Behema, Venavdu, Ba'avera. Either bestiality, or someone served it as a Vedazara, or Vashoir, the Shoir killed someone, but before they judged the ox to death. So, in all of these cases, Befedish says the Braisa, you could return it. Asher Gazel, it's here, you can return it. Now comes along Rabbi Barshmuel, Gvaldik, and he refutes Rabbi Chizda. And he asks him, Man Let's make it clear, this Braise cannot be Rabbi Yaakov. Because according to Rabbi Yaakov, there is no difference whether Nigmar Dinoi or not. So that means that our Braise is the Rabbanan. 
And nevertheless, it says clearly that in the case of Hametz, even though under the oh, under the guardianship or ownership of the Gazlin, he can still tell the owner. So this Braise is so So you have a cute answer. Amalei Abchizda tells Rabba, do me a favor. Rashi says, if you find the Bnei Yeshiva, is Please don't tell them this Braise. Rashi says. I don't want them to, you know, to rub it in, so to say. But yeah, but Rabbi Chizda is refuted, and Chachamim, like Rabbi Yaakov, hold that Taket's a Hezek, but since it's She'en Nikar, when it comes to the rule of a Heshev Esagzela, he can tell him, Continues now the Gemara, quoting from this Brais again. Hold on. In our Mishnah we learned that only if the Petrus Vehirikivu, in our Mishnah it says, you can't return it. Petrus Vehirikivu, the Braiser says that the Gazlan can tell him but it says in our Mishnah then he has to pay him as we learned to rule whenever there is a irreversible change so says the Gemara our Mishnah is speaking about that all of the fruits got rotten then he has to give him back the value of the fruits but in the Braiser that they only became partially rotten meaning that fruits by default are constantly decomposing themselves so there's a certain acceptable amount of decomposition of rotting that is not considered the damage and that's the only case where the Baraisa says that the Gazlan can tell the owner with this we conclude the Gemara and now we're going to open up a whole new sugya now here we're speaking about the din of if someone gives something to a craftsman, to an uman, and he asks them to do something, and the craftsman ruins it. What are the responsibilities of the craftsman? Ubahagdama, at least one introduction. Normally the rule is that when a man is mazik, Adam HaMazik is chayiv even bo'enis. However, Adam that's mazik is chayiv bo'enis, that's if I have no business touching your stuff. So even though I, I, I touched it bo'enis and I, and I damaged it, I'm chayiv to pay. When someone gives something to a craftsman, he's asking the craftsman to do something to it. So you don't apply the normal rule of even even afilo ba'inus. We don't have that by an uman. On the other hand, let's view him like a shamer. Nevertheless, by a shamer, if a shamer is poishaya, the shamer is chayif to pay, even if it's a shamer sacher. So this is the way we're going to approach the sugya. So says the Mishnah that Nasan Umanim, if someone gave to a craftsman something Lisakain, let's speak about wood. Now the word Lisakain very importantly could mean two things. One of the following two. Lisakain could mean to fashion. No, he gave him the raw material and he told him to make a utensil. Or Lisakin means that the utensil was made. He simply needs to fix it. Hacking a nail, but it's already fashioned and that's huge, and we'll have this in the Gemara. And the Kilkaloi, the Uman, the craftsman ruined it, says the Mishnah Chayovim Lishalim. The craftsman is responsible to compensate. Again, a lot more details in the Gemara. Nasan And here the Mishnah gives an example, and I'll tell you right away the Maskana. This is explaining the Reisha. It's not two separate cases, it's the same case. In other words, the Mishnah is Ki'ilu saying, Ketzad, that if a person gave to a Kharash, to a carpenter, Shida, Teva, Umigdal, a carriage, a box, or a closet, in other words, clearly a already finished utensil, but it was somehow not functioning. 
and he tells the Uman, Lesakin, fix it. Not fashion it, fix it. And the Kilkel, and instead of fixing it, he ruins it, so he has to compensate for the loss that he caused. Chayv Another example, if you have a builder, Shekibel, that is a contractor, that's another key word, there, there's, there's a Seicher, there's someone who you are paying a daily wage, let's say, and then you have a concept of a Kablon, so here if a person undertook a job, a jobber, he gets paid not for the day, but for doing the job, and he undertook to demolish a wall, and it goes without saying that uh, it was understood then that the walls that were made out of stones, the owner of the wall wants to have his stones. He wants to reuse them. Today we're living in a, dis- in a disposable generation. Then every, everything was reused. But this person was just supposed to take the wall apart, but to leave the stones intact. And the Shibirmavanim, and this Banai broke the stones, or he damaged the stones. Chayv l'shal. However, here the Mishnah makes a qualification. If the, the stones fell off the wall, not because of the banging that the Banai was doing in the wall, but as we'll learn later in the Gemara, is that as he's taking the wall apart, the wall somehow became unbalanced, and that caused some stones to fall down. But again, it wasn't directly from the Koyach of the Banai. Here, it's going to be in the category of causative damages. And the Banai is going to be put with more details. It has to be also the fact that he was an Oynas Vukhulit. However, but if it's from his force, then he's going to be Chayiv. So, let's go back to the beginning of the Mishnah. And the Gemara opens up with a very famous sugya. Amar Ravasi says, Ravasi, when do we say that the uman, that the craftsman is liable? That's Ella, Shenos, only if he gave to the carpenter a Shida, Tebe, Migdal again, a already finished product that only needed to be fixed. And he told him, for example, Linoids, Bohem, Masmer, Hakin, a nail, banging a nail. And he banged in the nail the way we bang in nails, Yeshiva Bachrim, and he ruined the wood. The knots the Masmer and the Shibram. That's when he's chayef to pay. But in a case where Nasan Lacharash hates him, but if the owner gave to the Kharash the raw material, he gives him wood. And he told him to fashion a utensil. Lastly, Shido table Migdal. And he fashioned the utensil. And then at the end, he broke it. Potter, he won't be high to pay all of the damages. Now that has to be clarified. So first of all, let's say the raw material is worth $100. And, and he, he made up, just to make the numbers, he tells the woman, I'll pay you $200, make it into a closet. The ready closet is worth 500 So he began with 100 raw material. The closet is worth 500 If the craftsman made it into a closet, and then he broke the closet, and let's say the closet is worth 250 so the Mishnah is not saying that he's chayv to pay 250 to the owner because the owner never gave him a closet. The owner gave him raw material. I, the closet now belongs to the owner, says Ravasi, it does not. And this is a very important point. My Tama, these are the words. Uman kaina b'shvach keli. Which means like this, that when you pay someone to do something for you, if he's just doing a service, if he's not changing something that you gave to him, then of course, whatever you gave him belongs to you. And you owe money, which we'll call the money wage money. You have to pay him for the, for the work that he did. But if you gave to a person raw material, and he fashioned it, increasing its value, like in our case, Halacha says, according to Rabasi, that the craftsman owns 
all of the added value that he gave to the raw material. So if I give wood to a craftsman, and I told him I'm paying him $200, we don't look at those $200 as wages. No. I gave him $100. That belongs to me. He turned this into a closet. In our example, the closet is worth $500, which means he added $400 to the raw material. Those $400 belongs to the craftsman. The only thing is, he can't charge me $400, because we made up that I'm only paying him $200. So when he gives me the utensil and I give him the $200, the shot is, I am paying him for what he owns. It's a sale. It's proceeds of a sale, not wages. That's very important. And therefore, in our case, if he fashioned it into a closet, who owns the closet? Well, it's a partnership. I only own the raw material. I own $100. He owns the, the remaining value. If he ruins that, why would he have to pay me? Now, obviously, if he ruined it so bad that it's not even worth $100, that he has to pay me. Because the wood remained mine. So if it's only worth $50, he has to pay me $50. But that's not normal. Normal, the case of the Gemara is, is that he, instead of it being worth four, $500, he ruined it at the end and it's only worth $400. He doesn't owe me anything for that. Because he owned the added value up until the point that he gave it back to me, which he didn't yet. Givaldik, let's read it inside. My Tama again, Uman, Kaina, Bishvach, Keli, a craftsman acquires all of the improvement in the utensil. Givaldik, says the Gemara, says the Gemara, hold on. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, Nasam no Umanim, the first line in the Mishnah, if a person gave something to a craftsman. And the Kilkulu, Chayav Mashalim, Frank the Gemara, my love is not the beginning of the Mishnah. The Yavlu who hates him, that he gave him wood and he fashioned it, and still he's Chayav to pay for whatever if he fashioned it into a closet, and at the end he ruined it, he has to pay me, the owner, for what, the damage? Says the Gemara, no. That the case of the Reisha is Shida Tevo Migdol. I gave him already a, a fashion keli. I frek the Gemara. Hold on. The Mishnah said on the next line, Hamidikani Seifa Shida Tevo Migdol. Doesn't that imply that the first line of the Mishnah is not speaking about a ready utensil? So the Gemara says no. Amri Perush Farishla. Like we spoke out, it's as if the Mishnah says the words Ketzad. For example, Nasan Leumanim Lusakein. If he gave something ready for him to fix, Vikilk Lucharev Mashalim Kegon Shenasan Lucharo Shedatim Migdal. And Vachinam Mistabra says the Gemara the Ketzad Ktani. I'll prove it to you. The East Al Kaday Tochreisha Eitzim because if indeed the Mishnah begins with the case of someone giving to a Charash raw material, so now Gabaldik. If even in this case the Charash has to pay me for the damages, who needed the whole case of the Sefer? Hashta Ashmeinon that Eitzim still Chayavam Lashalim Veloyem Rinon Umakoyim Shvachkelim Ishedo Tevo Migdal Miboyem. Here the Gemara says, well. First of all, we're not going to refute Ravasi from the Mishnah, but the proof is not a proof. Says the Gemara, the second to last line, Im Yishum they don't have a raya. Why not? Because Tana Seifa very common. Maybe both cases are two, are two separate cases. And maybe the Reisha is speaking about someone giving to a craftsman the raw material. Why did the Mishnah have to speak out giving to the craftsman a already made utensil so in order for us to know that the Mishnah is not repeating itself, so the Sefer is revealing the meaning of the Reisha. Shaloi Taimar, for you not to mistakenly say, we're saying this by the way, but that's just how we refute the proof, that the Reisha is only Shedetiv Amigdol, Avol Eitzim Loi. So maybe for one not to make the mistake, to say what Ravasi is saying, Tana Sefer Shedetiv Amigdol, 
And now, why is the Mishnah repeating the same thing twice? That's Mechlal Denesha, Eitzah. So a proof you don't have, but we're going to stand with Rav Asi Shita of Umen Koine B'Shvach Kelem. Just Alpi Chassidus, you know, when it says in the Torah that Lasois Lissakein, that Hashem made an incomplete world, and so to say, He entrusted us, we're supposed to be the Umanim, to perfect it, so we are Koine B'Shvach Kelem. In other words, we become Shutfim in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Maise Bereishes, the tremendous Achrayis and Zuchos that we, the Jewish people, have in Mirz Hashem to be continued.